0: As we move from ski season to spring, it's time to get those mountain bikes out. Most ski families use season passes to make skiing more affordable and fun. If your family mountain bikes, there's a new way to save on those adventures too. Make the most of spring and summer in the mountains with Lone Pass, the premier North American mountain biking pass. Lone Pass gives you over 60 days of access to some of the best mountain biking destinations across the country. Use discount code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's Loan Pass today at LoanPass.com. That's L-O-A-M-P-A-S-S dot com. Loan Pass is available in two versions, for kids ages 6 to 11 and the Adult Pass for ages 12 and up. The pass combines access to the most premier resorts, gets you into bike parks, and connects you to shuttle companies to get you where you need to be. It's the one pass you need to bring the best cycling to your family. Remember, you'll get two days at each of the resorts, parks, or shuttles, making the investment one that will pay off big. Remember to use code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's loan pass today.
1: Welcome to the Ski Mom Fun Podcast, where your hosts, Nicole and Sarah...
0: The Ski Moms Fun Podcast is brought to you by Mabel's Labels. Smart ski moms know to label everything before they head to the mountain. Every mitten, every boot, and every ski pole. Visit Mabel'sLabels.com and use discount code SkiMoms for 15% off your order.
1: Today we're excited to introduce you to ski mom, Christine Wells, a ski and fitness writer and mother of two living in Park City, Utah. Christine grew up in Vermont but didn't start skiing seriously until her early 30s, and she tells us about the benefits and challenges of learning to ski as an adult. Christine shares some recommendations on what to buy, borrow or rent for your first trips, and how she manages to find time to get in some turns with a very young family. We hope that Christine's story inspires those of you who have always wanted to learn to ski, to grab a friend, sign up for a ski lesson, and get out there.
0: So Christine, welcome. Tell us where you're chatting with us today.
2: Um, I'm chatting with you from home in Park City, Utah. Um, We moved out here about two years ago, so I think I can call myself a local now. I think that's allowed. You're a STEAM mom of how many kids? So I have two girls. Um, the youngest is four and a half, uh, four and a half months. So, uh, not skiing yet. Um, and then my older one will be three in February. So she, uh, got out to the hill last year. Um, we, we started her early. A lot of people talk about, you know,
1: learning to ski when they're very young, there's obviously benefits. I think, I think we, Nicole and I would talk about how fearless our kids were. And it's, you're not afraid of falling. You're not, a, you're not as far from the ground. You started to ski a little later, which is interesting, even though you grew up in Vermont, if you can just like, just tell us a little bit about that experience, any encouragement for people listening that are a little bit afraid? Cause I know there's, it's a scary thing to try something new.
2: Yeah. So like my parents didn't ski. Um, that wasn't really part of their lifestyle, even though we were in Vermont. So I didn't, I wasn't like the four-year-old on the slopes. Um, and to their credit, they encouraged me to take lessons when I was like 10 or 13, um, which in retrospect, I really should have done. But um, to be a Vermonter and be 10 or 13 and be learning to ski, you know, middle school is hard enough. (laughs) It felt like, oh, gosh, that seems really hard. So I didn't wind up learning until I was in my early 20s. And it was really just I had a fortunate opportunity. My best friend in law school, his family has a house in Jackson Hole. um, And he said, why don't we all go out for spring break? Um, and I said, you know, I don't, I don't know how to ski. Um, and he really encouraged me. He said, you know, why don't you just like take a week of lessons? It'll be fine. And I was really nervous. And I just, I so like acutely remember that feeling of everything when you don't ski, everything seems hard, right? Like there's the barriers to entry just seem huge, not just the equipment, but I was like I don't even know how to get on a chairlift. Like what if I fall off when <laughs> you're getting to the top? I mean, just everything entered my mind. I was so nervous. Um, you know, by the end of the week I was like skiing and it just was like this incredible feeling. I mean, not well, but I was still like able to kind of conquer those like chairlift fears and and all that all that stuff. And so I think putting my hand putting myself in the hands of the experts really helped and also like having that encouraging friend who just said, you know, you won't look silly. It's, or even if you do, like no one's look, go and do it. And yeah, I felt a little embarrassed when they asked where I was from at the lesson. I said, I'm from Vermont (laughs) (laughs) and I'm in the never ski lesson. (laughs) Um, And then I was like completely hooked after, after that weekend for sure Mm -hmm. that week.
1: Thank you to our sponsor, Mabel's Labels. Mabel's Labels, durable and waterproof labels are a ski moms must have. Keep your kids organized and easily identify their equipment at lessons, practice, or races. Simply peel and stick the personalized label on all your ski gear, including helmets, coats, goggles, and poles. They're guaranteed to last the ski season and beyond. Off the hill, Mabel's labels are perfect for labeling any items that go to school, like water bottles, lunch containers, clothes, shoes, and backpacks. Simply go to Mableslabels.com to personalize your own and use code Ski Moms at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Exclusions apply. Code is not valid on stamp, reflective, or sale items. And now back to our show. Tell, just give us a little bit of your, uh, your bio so that we all um, understand your path from uh, back east out to Park City.
2: Sure. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Vermont. Um, so I've always loved like being outside and, um, that, that lifestyle, although, you know, I didn't learn to ski till older, so I didn't learn to ski in Vermont, but I grew up kind of loving, um, the outdoors and, and all of that. Um, I went to law school was a corporate attorney, um, in New York city. And so when we had the opportunity to move out here for my husband's job, um, and I had just had my, my first daughter, um, we decided that I would stay home with her and pursue, um, you know, my sort of outdoor in- interests and try to marry that with writing a little bit. Which, so we joke that I'm a recovering lawyer um, living out here.
0: <laughs> Two things, Christine. Um, first of all, I want to say I'm so glad you were talking about all these and all all the fears in the process. But um, I just read a recent um, survey talking about how men and women perceive skills differently. And men take one lesson and they're like, "I'm a skier. you know like <laughs> I've got this mastered." and we we're looking at women's abilities and I just I want to pause and say you're like I'm not I wasn't good or anything, but I would like all of us to just say, you know, we're skiers and not add that um, parenthetical addition to our statement because any, you know, most men would go and say like, great, I was killing it after that week, like I was ready for everything. So we've got women in their twenties, thirties, forties, you know, maybe even fifties, you know, what would you say to them to get over that fear? Um, and also most people don't go on a lift when they learn just as a little
2: note. Well, we did start, we started on the rope toe for sure, (laughs) (laughs) but we graduated, um, we graduated to the lift, but yeah, that starting on the rope toe really helped my lift concerns because I I had this like chairlift fear. I just, it seemed really intimidating to me. I was like, what if I'm not coordinated with the skis and everything? Um, so it was nice to not start with that sort of day one.
0: (laughs) Most people do not start on the chairlift. So it's not an irrational fear. That is a completely rational fear. Um, you know, that, that you would fall off that. So most people start on the magic carpet a moving walkway that you see at the airport. Yeah. And it's the gentlest slope. I mean, it may seem a little daunting when, you know, you're just doing this, but it's this gentle slope and you're basically on your skis, not move, you know, the, the, the walk later as we call them is moving, but you're not. And then it slowly pushes you onto the snow. If you fall on that and, and people do, I mean, it, it's basically like falling from standing. It's not a traumatic experience. So there will not be, you know, an eight person lift on your first run uh, of the day. <laughs> you know, every day you were going back and your friends were probably telling tales from, you know, going to the top of the list. How did you kind of internally motivate?
2: So I think one thing really did help. And I know this isn't um, possible for everyone, but there were a couple of people on the trip who also hadn't skied before. So we wound up doing the same group lesson if you have the ability to take a few days worth of lessons in a row, if you've like really never skied, I think that really helped because it helps solidify the skills, right? It's like first day, it's like figuring out how to clip in and how the boots did and all that. And then like second day, okay, we're like starting to go down and learning how to maneuver a little more. And then third day, I like, I got to take the lick, you know? So if you can kind of stack it, you, you see that improvement in yourself, which is really fun.
0: So Definitely. paint the per- the picture of your first um, yard sale.
2: <laughs> so it was like the last, <laughs> last day of that week trip. And I wasn't taking lessons that day. I was skiing with my friends. Um, and it was the old like last run of the day, right? They tell you, <laughs> they tell you beware of the last run of the day. And I was tired, but we're like, go, we can go down a blue. We can do it. We can do it. I'm like, okay, first week of skiing. Let's go down a blue. Like too much for me. I was tired. I like couldn't hold the edge and just kind of like fell, got a little out of control, but didn't get hurt. Just some bumps and bruises. Um, honestly, the hardest part was like trying to get my skis back on on the yes. incline, right? And my friend had to like hold me. But then like once I that happened, I was like, okay, well, like the worst, you know, okay, that was kind of embarrassing, but we got through it. And then that night, like at the Mangy Moose, uh, having our drinks by the fire, we all were laughing about it. So honestly, I was kind of glad that I had like at least one kind of fall like that my first week to break the the ice (laughs) falling. Yeah. And I
0: liked what you were saying before is about the anonymity, like you're in a helmet and goggles. Nobody's going to (laughs) know who you are, even if there's video cameras all around, like it's never going to be connected to you in your, you know, in your professional life or anything like that.
2: Yeah. And just like, honestly, it was easier for 24 year old me to look silly probably than it would have been for like 10 year old, (laughs) 10 year old me in some ways. Right. Because, you know, it's, it's hard to be like the one kid that doesn't know how to ski when everybody knows how to ski. Um, I think it's a little bit easier when you're more comfortable in your, in your skin as an adult to say, I might look a little silly, but this is like a lifelong activity that I want to learn how to do.
0: That's a really good point for parents, you know, as we're trying to figure out the best time to get kids on their skis, if you could find another friend of theirs that is in the same group, you know, and just say, look, I'll take them this weekend, you take them next weekend, let's get, you know, let's try to pair these two up together. So they have somebody to giggle with, you know, they can't go to the mangy moose, but they can still, you know, roll their eyes (laughs) at the parents at the end of the
1: day. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you learned out in Jackson Hole because- One of the things that we talked about is a lot of times people like to start at, um, you know, smaller local mountains and you just like went right to the big leagues, but that's like very different than I think what a lot of people do to start. So like, did you think there were some, I mean, you you don't have the comparison of the smaller mountains. I mean, that's where you learn, but
2: do you think that there were some benefits to learning at a bigger resort? So I think um, if you do have like a small local mountain, that's probably like the best. Thing you can do yeah. because you know you can take a day off and then like pop back and take another lesson you know in terms of terrain you don't really need that much when you're learning
1: what about someone who were to tell you that they're just learning a little later and that they're going to have their you know, husband or boyfriend teach them?
2: So my husband is a much better skier than me. And I do, I do like skiing with him. He like pushes me to do slopes that like I would not do on my own. Um, but I would say like, unless your partner or has experience teaching, it's probably better to leave it to the expert. That would be my guidance as well
1: have you encouraged or gotten friends out there that maybe were hesitant or thought, Oh, I'm not going to be able to learn that now. Have you gotten some other women out to the slopes because of your, you know, this being
2: your new, uh, your new thing that you, you faced and conquered. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of my mom friends, um, from back when we lived in DC, uh, yeah, she and I talked a lot and she had never skied. Um, and even though she was from the Northeast and, um, she lives in Vermont now and, you know, has been out and, you know, kind of, got over those hurdles. And it's been really fun to kind of talk about those dual experiences with her. Cause I actually think like there's more people than you think who maybe have been like skiing seems fun. Like, especially if you like other sports and you like being outside, but just haven't made the leap to do it. Um, and then, you know, they hear a positive experience and they're like, yeah, like I could do that.
1: Yeah, I feel like one of the things that Nicole has talked about of why we want to talk about this is to like get more women out there. And I think if we all think of a friend that does a lot of other things, like like you had so have so many other activities that you do that will everybody can find that one other friend and you know hold their hand to get them out there and show them the ropes, like I think we can get a lot more, a lot more of our friends out there.
2: And I also think one misperception that I had is I thought that everyone who was like an awesome skier would like not want to ski with me and like kind of think like, oh, you're so bad. And now that I'm like more in the culture of skiing, like all my friends here are like expert skiers, (laughs) but they're all so fun. And like, they want to take runs with me and they'll like, wait, wait for me without like it feeling weird. And they'll like push me the right amount. And so I think that was like a misconception I had. I thought. Like, oh, the ski community, like amazing skiers are going to want nothing to do with me. But everyone's just like out there having fun. And, you know, someone wants to go off in the glades or, you know, go hike up and drop into a shoot. Like, obviously, I'm not going to do that. But we can all like meet up at the end. And I think it's, it's like really like a positive, like encouraging community.
0: So what did you do about... Ski pants and coat because that um, that's a big chunk too. I mean, you know, a ski coat is going to be at least. $150 and ski pants, you, maybe you could get them around a hundred on sale, but that's still two fifty on a sport that you, uh, I mean, look, and it could go up to, you know, if you want Bognar, you could be dropping $2,500, but that's a lot for, uh, I hope this works out in Jackson hole adventure.
2: Yeah. So I would like, you know, the Vermonter, I had like all the ski stuff. Cause you know, I skated and snowshoed and did outdoor stuff. So, you know, you don't feel pressure to get like, a really fancy like ski coat, like ski quote, branded, branded coat. Like if you have just like winter gear, that's wet weatherproof, water, waterproof, even if it's not like marketed for skiing, you should be fine. Especially like that first week, but you don't have anything. If you're from like one of the Carolinas or something, um, you know, my first thing is talk to friends, see if you can borrow for that week. Someone the same size,
0: nobody knows from one day to the next. I mean, I ski so much now, that everybody wears the same thing every day. So, you know, don't feel like you need three pairs of ski pants to start your no. ski career. You need <laughs> one pair. Nobody's again, nobody's looking at you. Most likely nobody cares what you're wearing and no. nobody's really paying attention to your falls.
1: Yeah. I I will just share something though, that I saw the other day that that was new and surprised me, which was rent the runway, you know, the company that you, you can buy a uh, rent, you know, clothing from, they now have ski clothing and you really want to look maybe better than you're going to ski the first time or just not you want to just rent it because you don't know if you're going to like it or you don't know what you like
0: well that's you know and there's another company called Kitlender that started i think with kids mm-hmm. clothes but now they do men and women as well and they'll ship it to you wherever you live and you tell them like i'm going to be gone for five days and they'll ship you the gear and then you ship it back at the end of the trip. It's pretty fabulous. But rent the runway could take it next level, Sarah. That's definitely appealing to yeah. me.
1: Yeah, I, I see you <laughs> writing it down. And how do you um how are you
0: making time? You have pretty young kids. How are you carving time out for for your skiing. Do you ski independently? Um, you know, with a group of friends, or are you always skiing as a family?
2: Yeah. So the the first year we were out here where my daughter um skied because she was just eight months. We would um kind of trade on and off. Like my husband, one of us would be with her in the lodge, and then, you know, one of us would be skiing. And then occasionally if we had um, childcare help, we'd get like some parents time to ski. Um, and now like, it's actually harder because, you know, my daughter likes to ski. So she like, if we're going skiing, she wants to go ski, but she's not yet three. So she's like, not quite there for lessons yet. That's like more of, um, one of us will go ski by ourselves in the morning, come back. One of us, the other one will go ski. Then like one of us will take her, we'll both take her. And now we have two. So it's all kind of like a juggling act. Um, but I think with the fitness,
0: And I so hear you about the, um, having to trade off. And I guess last year with COVID childcare was, um, Mm -hmm. definitely an issue, but I don't even know how many mountains have drop in, drop out daycare, Mm -hmm. having the ability to buy yourself an hour, just an hour to ski with your, your BFF or your partner would be, or alone, just ski alone (laughs) would be, um, delightful, And I wonder why more places don't, don't have that.
2: Yeah. I have to give a little shout out to the Alta uh, daycare because it's like right by the lift and they let me like come back every few hours to feed my daughter. (laughs) And so that was awesome. I would like go ski with my husband, come back, say hi, feed her, like go back out. And it was super convenient. So Alta, really great, easy <laughs> childcare. <laughs> uh, you are not the first
0: person to mention the Alta childcare, that it's pretty phenomenal. So that they'll take them pretty
2: small too? Yeah. Um, my daughter went there when she was eight months. I, I had never left her really anywhere before. So I liked that I could come back kind of in and out and, and feed her and see her. And they made it super easy. Um, and I think even as they get older, they have a really pretty well-known program for like toddlers where they can like ski like an hour or two for a lesson and then have like the rest of the day in the childcare center. So it's sort of like a balance and mom and dad can get out uh, as well during that time.
0: Let's just say a, se- a special blessing to all of the childcare workers who dress multiple children in snowsuits <laughs> In all the layers, wipe all the noses and get them out there for, you know, whatever the three or four minutes before somebody is hungry, has to go to the bathroom or is just losing it. Um, God bless. Well, kind of wrapping up, we have, always have a couple of fun questions um, to kind of close. Where do we usually find Christine on the mountain? Are you going to be on the groomers? Are you going to be back in the glades? You know, are you going to be mostly found like chasing your kids down the mountain? Where are we most likely to find you? <laughs> Blue groomers, it's definitely definitely my sweet spot. And then, what is your favorite um, après ski beverage
2: of choice? It's got to be red wine by the fire. <laughs>
0: A big thanks to Christine for spending time with us today, and thanks to everyone in our community. We're here for moms of all abilities and love sharing these stories. To help support us, please be sure to visit our sponsor, Mabel's Labels, and use coupon code SKIMOMS when shopping. To help spread the word, please rate and review this podcast and tell your friends about us. And be sure to check out our Instagram page, at SkiMomsFun. Thank you so much for listening to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Head to the skimomsfun.com website to check out our swag and find out more about our community. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ski Moms Fun. We'll be back next week with more interviews and insights. Thanks, Snow. No one works as hard as a ski mom. With Mother's Day right around the corner, we want to remind everyone to shop the Ski Mom's gift guide for the best ideas. These are the gifts we want to give and get for Mother's Day. Prices range from under $10 for simple treats like notepads to big splurges like a new boot bag. Remember, the big day is Sunday, May 12th, so you want to shop now to make sure everything gets there in time for mom. Visit the skimomsfun.com gift guides page or click the link in show notes to see our picks for this year. Make it easy for your kids, partner, or spouse, and just forward them the link. Or better yet, treat yourself to something from our expertly curated Ski Mom wish list. Remember, visit skimomsfun.com and look for the gift guide page.